Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Turned Alchemist podcast. My name is Lydia. Welcome, welcome. If this is your first time here, I'm so glad that you're joining in. This is a verbal journal of my road from being a public school teacher into the world of entrepreneurship. I taught in the public school system for the last seven years, and I exited May 2020, and I'm now actively pursuing a career uh, towards opening my own inclusive kombucha tap room. And when I say inclusive, I'd like to have this tap room be a place that will employ and train adults with disabilities. That was actually what I taught. I taught special ed uh, to young adults that were in a transition program. And so I just have a passion towards finding opportunities to employ these very capable adults. And so I'm located in Kenosha County, Wisconsin in the United States. I have some people that listen that are out of the United States. So welcome if that's you. But I am super excited today because I am going to be talking about a topic that I feel like I get asked a lot about, but not directly. And that topic is about money, getting started. What are the startup costs towards this specific business? What am I spending right now? How am I getting all this money to put towards the business? All that stuff. So we're going to jump in there in just a second. But before we do, I am super pumped, you guys, because I have not had just like a few of you reach out, but several of you reach out who have listened into the podcast and just kind of shared like what this means to you or connecting along the way, some fellow kombucha brewers, some people who are looking to leave the teaching community. I wanted to give a shout out to those people because it's just so cool to think that people are actually listening to this. (laughs) But I wanted to shout out Sarah, Monica, Alyssa, and Jacob. You guys are awesome. Thank you for reaching out and connecting with me. If uh, any of my podcasts uh, connect with you or you just want to say hello, I always welcome an email or a direct message. And you can email me directly at livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, livingfullkombucha. You can DM me there too. But so encouraging. I want to share what I am sipping on before we jump into this money conversation. I am sipping on a very delicious and refreshing strawberry black pepper shrub. If you have stuck around for a little while, I started off with kombucha and then decided to also do another product called a shrub, which in a sense is an infused apple cider vinegar. And so I use organic apple cider vinegar with the mother as well as fruit and some herbs. And so this last one, this is my newest one that I did, and I'm super excited how it turned out, but I did organic strawberries and a little dash of black pepper. And I let that sit for about a week and the flavor profile is bomb, you guys. Like I am super excited about it. And I feel like when you add in that little dash of black peppercorn, I really don't add that much. It's only a couple teaspoons for the gallon. I feel personally that the strawberry becomes almost more juicy. And so when I pair it with sparkling water, it is just really tasty and extremely refreshing. Um, I had a lot of people at the farmer's market this past weekend really welcome it and I sold out of it. So that was really cool. It really goes well with if you're into alcohol, it goes really well in like a spicy margarita, like pair it with tequila and put a little bit of lime in there and that black pepper. Mm, I'm going to post it on social media soon because it's really tasty. But yeah, I'm really excited about it and I'm going to continue working on more flavor profiles. But in the meantime, this is just really cool to play around with. 
Okay, so for today, here's how I want to go over this. I want to be as transparent as possible. And so I want to start with the startup, basically how much it costs to initially get set up and go through a little bit more in depth about the licenses that I needed to get because licenses still cost money. And then I'd like to kind of transition into what are my ongoing costs as well as like farmer's markets costs because that's kind of where I'm spending the most time right now is in that season in farmer's markets. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you guys basically how I'm coming up with this money and like what I'm doing. Like, am I taking out loans? Am I paying for it as I go? Things like that. So I'm just going to jump right in. Before though, okay, this is kind of like a precursor. Before we jump in, I just want to say a couple of things that I feel like are super important. So one, I am based in Wisconsin in the United States. Obviously, I know that kombucha is sold in different areas of the world and there's a different money market systems out there. Cost of living is totally different and even just parts of the United States. What I'm sharing right now is not going to be an exact blueprint. If you are looking towards getting into the commercial kombucha business, is it going to be exact? No, it's not. Like for example, I'm going to talk about how I got my LLC and in Wisconsin, it's like a hundred some dollars cheaper than in the state of Texas. Weird. I don't know why because it's still the same piece of paper. But that just being said, based off of where you are around the world, obviously costs can dramatically change. Another thing, this isn't the right way to do it. Um, I probably skipped a few steps or went maybe a little bit too fast or too slow in some areas. And so if you, again, are looking at starting your own business and thinking about, oh, should I jump in and do this? If you're not to a specific point, no worries. Like I didn't really have a set plan. I just kind of looked stuff up on Google, YouTube, talked to people and did what I thought was best. And so I know that you are doing the exact same thing and you're going to trust your gut. <laughs> Do you get it? Trust your gut. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And so just moving forward, Obviously, there isn't a right or a wrong way to do it. Just as long as you are putting action into your dreams, if it's not kombucha brewing, if it's something else that you're working towards, that's awesome. I'm super excited for you and I hope you're excited for me. And at the end of it, I still would love comments. Sure, send me some things, send me some feedback. But overall, give me some grace, okay? <laughs> Obviously, this is all very new and I'm freaking proud of where I am. So let's get going. Let's start at the beginning. Isn't there a song about that? I don't know why I made that sing song, but it, it almost sounds like a song that I know. Anyway, I want to start with the startup costs. Initially, when I first began, and by the way, I started thinking about the business in March 2020. I put in my resignation on March 13th, day before all of this COVID stuff went down. And I got kind of my licenses started right at the beginning of June. And going into this, I knew I needed certain things like I know I needed a website. I know I needed to have like an EIN number, things like that. But there was quite a bit of things that popped up along the way that I was like, huh, I didn't realize I was going to need, nor really knew what it was and had to research quite a bit. Speaking of research, what did I do to find out where to go for all of this? A lot of it was the good old trusty Google. I honestly Googled, if we went back in my search history, how to start a business, how to get your own domain, <laughs> what is an LLC, you know, all these things. And I had to kind of weigh out what I thought was best. I did become part of a bunch of like business Facebook groups and that was really helpful as well because I could ask a question or I could search 
other people's questions and try to get um, some information. So that was really cool. I specifically followed one that was like a women's business Facebook group as well as a Wisconsin women's group. So that was really cool. Let's start off with the initial website. You know, it's kind of funny. I think I'm going to do another podcast episode um, about how I determined kombucha business as what I wanted to do because initially I did not have kombucha at the forefront of my mind. I know that I wanted to transition out of teaching into something else, but I didn't know what that was and I didn't know how to shape that into something that would bring in money and fulfillment and everything like that. So I had a bunch of like my hobbies and things that I really enjoyed and I was just trying to think of a business. And so initially, and this was like about a year ago, I had actually started a separate podcast and I had two episodes on it (laughs) and it was about living simple and living small. So my business was called Living Simple, Living Small. Obviously, I've changed uh, direction from there and now we're living full kombucha and I know the direction in which I'm going. So side note too, If you just still don't know what you want to do or if this is the path that you should be on, just try out some actions. And like I said, I had recorded a podcast. And that was all to say that I already had a domain under livingsimplelivingsmall.com. And so to pay for that domain, it was about right under $100, I believe. And I didn't find, that was one of the things I didn't find a receipt for or because it was just so long ago. But I believe it was right under $100, but I only had to pay every other year. But since I had to, well, I didn't have to, but I wanted to change the name to Living Full Kombucha, I did have to pay a different fee to have the domain switched. And so that was one of the startup costs was just getting a domain and making sure that that was officially mine. If you want to know more about like who I use for a website domain and like what I did for that, I can definitely go into more details, but probably not in this episode. I did not use like designers and things like that. There are so many free templates out there and YouTube tutorial videos that shows you how to put in buttons and how to create a cart on your website. And I truly felt like I was a total BA for figuring it out. So I had my website all created and with that initial cost, I was good to go and I didn't have any designers. So the next thing that I needed to do was make sure that I was an established business. And so I had to look into... LLCs versus sole proprietorship. And I had kind of talked about this in a previous episode and why I chose to do um, the LLC route. Basically for me, kombucha is so sensitive and it's a living drink and people are consuming it. And so I didn't want anything, if something were to happen negatively to someone else and I got sued, I didn't want to get sued as Lydia the owner, I wanted to get sued as, I don't want to say I want to get sued, but if I were to get sued, I wanted to be living full kombucha gets sued and all of my stuff, my assets, my personal everything is not affected. So if that makes sense, that's why I chose an LLC. And there are kombucha companies out there that are very, you know, there isn't like a right or a wrong, okay? And so they do sole proprietorships. That's totally cool. But in Wisconsin, for me to do an LLC, I actually, this was tricky for me because I didn't know all the forms to fill out. And there are programs and websites that will do it for you. So I went ahead and did that. And that was $125 to do, which is awesome because I could fit the bill on that one. But like I said, there are other states where it's a couple hundred dollars more to get an LLC. And then they sent me all of the paperwork 
to be an official LLC and it came in like a little binder. It was really perfect. I would highly recommend it. I did Inkfile, I-N-C file.com and they were fantastic and I can go on the portal and see when I pay. So every year I do have to pay $125 to keep my LLC in compliance. But what's really nice is that they went ahead, took care of the EIN number, which is that business tax number. And so with all of that, I was already set up for um, the government, which was awesome because the whole government piece has been really mind boggling to me. And that leads me to the next few things that I needed to get. These were not as much money, but I did need to get a business tax certificate that cost me $40 through the state of Wisconsin as well as a seller's permit. And this permit didn't cost me anything, but I do have to pay tax on everything that I sell at retail. So that's an ongoing expense, which I am gonna hit on ongoing expenses here in a little bit. We're still on that startup. So the next thing that I really needed to get in order was insurance. So insurance, I mean, every business has to have it. And this is for the business, not for me personally. This is totally separate than like my health insurance or anything like that. But finding someone that was uh, good coverage, but also in my price range, which I'm going to talk about my budget a little bit more towards the end, was a little tricky. I was a little nervous to call so many people and just ask for quotes because I just didn't really know what to say at the time. They were asking me some pretty tough questions where I honestly just didn't know a lot of the answers to. But I found a really great company. It was American Family Insurance and I found a local rep in my area and she found me an amazing, amazing quote. I paid $275 for the year and this is for a concessionaire's insurance fee. And so basically it's um, the umbrella is, is that I'm selling really small retail, so like at a farmer's market. I'm not selling big wholesale or anything like that, but it is covered under that window. And she did tell me that every year as I continue to move up in sales, if I make a certain amount more, I will have to pay more insurance to get covered more for that. But for what it was getting started, that was perfect. So I paid $275 for my insurance which that's a nice little segue into finding a commercial kitchen. Kombucha is technically a beverage food that has to be licensed. And so in order to be licensed, you can't produce this out of your home. It has to be in a commercial kitchen space. Obviously, I don't have enough money to be buying my own restaurant at this point, And I still don't know if this is something that I want to do and I have never done it before. And so I had to go on the hunt and find a other an established restaurant or just a place that has a commercial kitchen. And I was very fortunate enough to find someone. Um, they were the Twin Lakes Country Club. I can go ahead and share them. It's actually um, I didn't share this initially, but now it's all over my bottles and things like that. And they've been really great partners. Uh, yeah, it's a country club. And we worked out a deal that I would pay $500 per month for rent. And I will say this, that is pretty low. I worked out a really good deal with him. It wasn't that I was like a superstar or anything. I think he just realized that I'm an entrepreneur. It's just me. I was a teacher. I'm not going to say anything else from there, but I think he just really wanted to give me a shot. And so that rate was very, very generous. For example, if I looked at other kitchens, which I did, I, I looked at several kitchens, they were asking more of a high hourly rate. And it was a lot more strict of like when I could come in, when I could leave and all that stuff. And I was like, if it was almost a thousand dollars, like a thousand dollars, if not a little bit less than that, but definitely not something that I could do at the time with my budget. So he was extremely generous and I was very fortunate to find that. But I, I say that because he needed me to list them 
for insurance purposes. And so we had an attorney, um, we had a lease contract between the two of us, and he footed the bill for the attorney, which I really appreciated. But basically, I had to have a policy naming him on my insurance, um, that if anything were to happen, it would be on my insurance, not on his. So that was all under this 275. And um, this also helped me get into the farmer's market, that same insurance policy, but it could be a little bit different depending on what you go for if you're looking for something similar. Okay, so let's keep going with, uh, ooh, accounting. (laughs) You know, I like math more and more every year, but the whole taxes and accounting and knowing how much and to allocate and all this business stuff is still very foreign to me. And so I did go ahead and purchase QuickBooks. And QuickBooks is a way for me to organize all of my expenses, all of my sales, um, organize just basically all of my money transactions. And it's automatic, which it links to my bank, which is super nice. And so I had an introductory cost at like $12.50 per month. But then after a year, I believe it's going to go up to $25 per month. And so that comes out every single month, $12.50, but that keeps all of my books in check. And then I can pay uh, my accountant later on to do that, which yes, I did hire an accountant. I hired one that personal and business all together. And that was about $300 for our family, just to give an idea of what accounting looked like in taxes. Another thing that I needed to have before getting into a commercial kitchen is that I did need to have a food safe manager's license. And that basically is a training course that's required, at least I believe in most of the United States, that you have to get in order to be around food. So temperature controlled foods, you have to know what the safe temperatures are, hot holding, um, working alongside meats and things like that. Even though kombucha doesn't really have anything to do with lots of the things that they cover in the course, it's still required if you are going to be in a commercial kitchen space. So I paid uh, $178 for that training, which was a little bonkers, but it lasts me for five years. And when I retake the, the test in like five years, I don't have to do the initial like eight hour course to do that. It's going to be a lot less and I don't have to pay as much. I'm not sure 100%, but that was how much I had to pay for my food safe certification. And there's a lot of different websites that do have those certifications, but I did the safe serve because they had really awesome videos to watch. And for me, I'm such a visual learner. Like I said, YouTube videos all the way to help me. And so they were extremely, extremely nice going through the whole course that I felt very prepared come time the test. In order to sell my kombucha, I did have to get a retail license. Now there is a difference. If you're looking to get into the commercial kombucha space, there is a wholesaler's license versus retail. And the difference is between that is like wholesale is if you're going to get your product into a grocery store, another, uh, I don't know, like a restaurant uh, in their grab and go area, something that that's wholesale versus retail. Retail is you are selling direct to consumer. So farmer's market is considered a retail uh, online sales is considered retail they're buying the product online you are delivering to them that's retail I ended up getting a retail license this cost me right about a hundred dollars and it lasts me for the year but I I am allowed to sell in wholesale um, if as long as it is below 50% of my yearly sales So I have mentioned in the past, if you follow me on social media, we are in one coffee shop in downtown Kenosha called The Buzz. Hey, Buzz. 
and we are allowed to be in their grab and go area and I don't have to have a wholesaler's license, which is really cool. But if I continue to go and search out other restaurants and things like that or get into a grocery store and my sales go skyrocket high from wholesalers, I'm gonna have to switch to a wholesaler's license and there are some more hoops to jump through for that. And I I do need to pay a little bit more money. But right now, all of my sales are predominantly at farmer's markets and then online. So that's been really nice to get revenue from there, which I'm so excited that we're actually making money now. But that's all to say that retail is the way that I went, but you might go a little bit differently when you are selling. So that essentially covered all of the costs with the licenses and the website. But there's still another large component if you're starting a kombucha biz is all the startup equipment. And I wanted to go over some of my equipment that I've purchased. And again, not all brewers use the same equipment. That's for darn sure. And so I'm just going to share with you what I bought initially and then some things that I'm buying right now as I continue to scale and some things that I held off on until I got to a certain point. So some things that you definitely have to have is some type of fermenter. I've mentioned in different episodes that I use symbiosis fermenters and they are seven gallons each. And so if you're curious about what that is, I'd encourage you to look back. I believe it's episode number six, something like that. But um, fermenters, and I started off with three. My thing was is that I needed to get comfortable brewing in large quantities for me, even though someone else thinks that's really small. As long as I could master that amount and people were wanting to buy it, then that would justify me buying more fermenters. I know some brewers that went ahead and got really large conical fermenters or really large unitanks. That's awesome. I'm proud of them. That's really cool. I didn't feel comfortable doing that, nor did the space that I was in allow for that because I was in a little pantry space and it fit perfectly my symbiosis fermenters. But those each cost $75 a piece plus shipping and handling. And so I was running about (laughs) right under $200. Yes, right under $200 to get to me. I did have to put on the spigots for those, which cost about $10 a piece. And then I needed to get some utensils for the kitchen. Depending on where you rent space from, if you're renting space, a lot of times they will say to bring your equipment because they don't want to be liable if for some reason they're using your equipment or something like that and it breaks. And so I brought all of my pots. I brought all my spoons. I brought my own towels. That wasn't something that I thought of. I actually had to bring my own cloths, my cleaning rags and clean them myself. Although there are launders, that's just another cost for me. So I just did stuff at home. And then you had to buy your own sanitizer. I was able to use their dishwasher and their water, of course, um, but I do have to bring sanitizer for my kegs. That's another thing you need is kegs, um, which if you're looking to carbonate your kombucha, which I do in kegs, that's what I did. So I bought three kegs initially. Those kegs cost $100 a piece, and I actually bought those from um, my employer over at the Hive Taproom. He's a brewer. Tim, he's awesome, and so he had a couple of Cornelius kegs that I was able to buy from him and use. I needed to think about bottles, and again, I'm stressing, you don't have to get really large amounts, and unfortunately, buying in bulk does save money. I understand that. If anything, goodness, I've been really learning that lately, especially with like sugar and tea and things like that, but starting off with bottles and caps try out something small at first to make sure that you like it. Do you like carrying it places? Do you like capping it? Do you like how it feels when you give it to someone? You know, there's so many different things going into bottles I could do a whole nother episode on. But I only ordered 250 bottles because that was the minimum off of the site that I went to and they were local to me so I could pick up and avoid shipping costs. 
I, I paid 88 cents a bottle, which was pretty high, but it was all that I could afford. And I was still trying to prove a concept that people wanted to buy this kombucha because I wasn't selling yet. I was still getting starting up and all that stuff, if that makes sense. So bottles, caps, um, I went ahead and bought shrub bottles as well. So I have eight ounce bottles for that. Oh, the, the kombucha bottles are 12 ounce clear beer bottles, by the way. That's what I bought. Um, and the shrub bottles were 60 cents a piece. And so I spent um, roughly $250 altogether because I went and picked those up. If you can find a bottle supplier nearby you and you have enough space in your car to pick up, I would highly recommend. And then getting to know them was really cool because I had some problems with some bottles and them being able to see my face and interact with them was really helpful because, I don't know, they just were more receptive to helping me, it seemed. But I went ahead and purchased on a Kegworks site. It's called kegworks.com. I bought all of the keg supplies. I had no idea that was a thing either, but apparently there are couplers, there are hoses, there are taps. And so I bought all of that. CO2 tanks, those are pricey mother. <clears throat> CO2 tanks were like 100 bucks a piece and then you have to go fill them up with CO2. It's illegal to, uh, at least in the United States, it's illegal to ship CO2 tanks full because of all the things that could happen in transport and so you have to get them empty and you have to have a special stamp on them that they are like in compliance and then you take them to like a liquor store for example and they fill it up for you there that's another added cost it's like 30 dollars for a 10 pound co2 tank so you're seeing just it kind of is going up and up and up all these different things and all of the hoses and couplers that i got from kegworks was a little over 300 dollars that along with my bottles my caps my seals Um, And I got a bottle capper. I got a hand capper. And that was like $75, which there are semi-automatics out there. And there are a couple thousand dollars. It's up to you if you want to do that. But again, I was just trying to prove a concept. And I'd rather do it the hard way and the longer way because I just don't know if this is the right move for me. So I got all those. And I'm still doing those right now. And I'm very happy with them. But you're up to like $700 to $800 ballpark range is what I was at for all of my materials. If you are looking at food, you have to purchase tea, of course. And so the three different brews that I wanted to make, I started off with three different flavors. I ended up picking three different bases of tea. I wouldn't recommend (laughs) looking back on that, but I was excited about the flavors. So I was like, eh, whatever, I'll just go ahead and bite the bullet. So I got three different types of tea, green tea, black tea, and I got some flavorings like herbs. And then I did a butterfly PT as well. And honestly, I order off of Amazon at this point. I'm still trying to look for wholesalers that are just less money. But Amazon is just, it's hard not to find something better priced. But there are some really good small businesses on Amazon. And I get organic loose leaf tea delivered to my house every month. And because I'm still considered like a small microbrewer, I'm doing really well with that. Sugar. Now let's talk sugar. Holy cow. I did not realize how much sugar I was going to use. And if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, sugar, that sucks. I didn't know that was in kombucha. Listen to the why is there sugar in kombucha episode because it's not what you think. Sugar is absolutely required, but because of all the fermenters and all the stuff in shrubs that require sugar, I need to buy quite a bit of it. 
I buy organic cane sugar and anything organic is going to cost you a little bit more already. But I had to buy in bulk for sugar because I'm using per every six and a half gallons that go into the fermenters, six cups of sugar. So six times eight, because that's how many fermenters I have right now. And then it's a one-to-one ratio in my shrubs. I have to buy a 50-pound bag of sugar once every three weeks. (laughs) And again, I don't want you to think that I am like super sugary laden because the sugar gets eaten out of the product as it ferments. But that was a cost I didn't realize I was going to have to make all the time. And it's expensive to get that shipped. You can't just like go to the store and buy a 50-pound bag of sugar. So I get that delivered to my place of business once every three weeks and that cost me $66 and I know that exactly because (laughs) I get it delivered so often. Outside of the sugar and the tea, I do use fruit, real fruit in both the kombucha and the shrubs. I use organic everything, so organic lemons, organic strawberries, organic grapefruit. I did have to purchase a small juicer. I just bought one that was pretty cheap on Amazon and it works fantastic. And then I also had to get lots of gloves because obviously I want to be sanitary in the kitchen and I bought my own bottle sanitizer and things like that. So all of that are the startup materials. And I'm probably missing just a few things um, because when I'm there, I'm like, oh, I need more tape or scissors or pens and things like that. But overall, that's kind of like my startup materials and the rough ballpark cost. What's nice about QuickBooks is that it keeps a tally of all of your expenses and you can tweak it to be from day to day, month to month, or the year. And so by this time in my year, I would say I was about right around January of 2021. I didn't start selling my kombucha until February 14th. It was Valentine's Day that I let it let it go <laughs> and that it was live. And so it was nice. I looked up on QuickBooks all of my expenses And year to date, so if you're thinking all of the different things I just talked about, startup materials, I spent $4,057. That was total. And that was all the licensing and that was all of the materials. Ooh, there was one thing that I did forget to mention, lab testing. Lab testing was a big uh, purchase as well to ensure that all of my kombucha meets the proper alcohol standards of 0.5% ABV or below. I did have to take in my kombucha to get tested pretty frequently because I did fail quite a bit. That was a little bit earlier on in my, my journey and you can listen back on some of those episodes as well because I was freaking discouraged. But I did find out a way that I can make it consistently lower alcohol but um, I do take it in I found an amazing lab in Madison which is only an hour and a half away from me and obviously taking it to them instead of shipping it saves me a lot of money and it costs $35 per sample because I do have three different brews I like to take three different samples so it cost me about $105 did I do my math right yeah about $105 per each time that I go and if I wanted to play around with any variables or new flavors I do have to take those as well so often I usually take four to five samples So again, $4,057 covers that. Phew, do we feel good? Yeah? Cool. Okay, so now I want to move into, and you guys are doing awesome sticking around with me. I hope this is interesting, by the way. Let me know if this is something that is like, oh, I'm glad she's going over the numbers or this is like stupid and boring. I want to skip through this. I wanted to talk about more this year because once I started selling, I wanted to talk about some ongoing costs as well as how much it costs to get into farmers markets because that is a huge place of business, but it also costs to be in that area. So I wanted to focus on farmers markets. 
So the cost for a farmer's market, surprisingly, which I should have thought about this too, there has to be that they're making money somehow, but I didn't really think about this until obviously I got an email from them. But each farmer's market location will charge you an entry fee. And depending on how popular this farmer's market is in the location and even the time of day, it can adjust the cost of your booth fee. That's what the booth fee is. You have to get a tent and everything. Uh, The one that I'm at in Kenosha County, the Kenosha Harbor Market, they've been there for 19 years. It's right on Lake Michigan. Lot of traffic. Um, They cost $28 per week. And since I wanted to do a full summer from the beginning of May to the end of October, that was $700 even that I had to pay them. By the way, this was after a COVID recovery grant. It was initially $50 per week. But because of all this stuff going on, um, the county of Kenosha decided to uh, do like a grant for any vendors that wanted to apply um, so that this application fee was essentially cut in half. I applied for the grant. I think it was majority of anybody who applied would get this. Luckily, especially with it being my first year, it was super awesome that I could pay $28 per week. I'm also in a Twin Lakes farmer's market, and that's only $15 per week, as well as an East Troy market, which I believe they are $30. I think I flip-flopped those, but regardless, I paid $150 for the Twin Lakes market. And then um, the East Troy one, I'm still waiting to hear back if I'm in that one, by the way, because it doesn't start till June 4th. That all being said, that is uh, obviously a fee that you have to make back. So you take that into consideration. You know, if you're taking your product to the market and thinking about how much money you need to sell your kombucha at, you do want to break even that you can pay back your booth fee, essentially. And you have to pay that prior to the season starting that was kind of hard for me you guys because seeing a 700 bill before i was able to sell my kombucha was tough it was really tough but i just kept telling myself okay it's going to be worth it because if all these people are going to come i did the math i could essentially make 700 dollars in one day so that's really cool and anyway so that was one thing uh you have to get tables to obviously put your product on a banner so people know what your product is and will come up to your table you want to have some type of booth appeal tablecloths you don't have to have tablecloths but again all about the appeal for me (laughs) coolers (laughs) whoa I didn't think about that I really need to think about how heavy these things are going to be. Already carrying empty bottles are a little bit heavy for me. I'm, I'm a small person. I'm like five foot two and I'm just little in nature anyway. And so if you fill up these coolers with ice and full bottles, you're talking well over how much I would weigh. <laughs> and it's really hard. And so my husband has been an all-star between the two of us. We've been able to put it into the car each week, which is awesome. And I really appreciate him. Coolers cost um, about $100 a piece because I needed the extra, extra large ones. And I got those on Amazon. An ongoing cost, by the way, is ice for me. And I've seen different brewers uh, bring a tap system. They have different wraparounds with ice. Um, They have their own refrigerated truck or cooler. And depending on the rules of your farmer's market, some of that stuff is allowed and some of it isn't. Right now, I just don't have the money to do any of that. And so I just bring a bunch of coolers with bottles in them. And ice costs, you know, it's like $5 a bag. And I get about $30 worth of ice every weekend. And if it's a really hot weekend, I might spend a little bit more. Like this past Saturday was 90 degrees. (laughs) But we sold out, which is super encouraging. More to come on that later. And then the other thing that was a significant amount of money, at least for me, was what point of sale system I chose. 
how you essentially collect money from people. Uh, a lot of people would say, oh, I just do cash. But a lot of times now, especially in these days, people are expecting that you have a, a card, a, like a card reader. And so I decided to go ahead and get a card reader because I don't want that to prevent a sale. And so I decided to go for a square uh, card reader and I had to get an iPad with it, which you didn't have to get an iPad with it. But here's, here's my reasoning behind getting an iPad. My phone is an Android. Nothing against Androids. I like it, but it's my personal phone. If I'm going to have people having to touch the screen and sign for transactions, which has to happen with a card, I don't want them touching my phone all day long because that's a lot of germs. Two, if I'm using it all day long like that for my personal use and, and for business stuff, it's going to drain the battery very quickly. And so I decided to make the decision to get myself a business iPad and all I have on there is Square. And so um, this is so cool. I have to, well, actually I did take a picture and I put it online. My husband, Sean, is a woodshop teacher and he created a iPad holder and a little space that he put some 3M tape on there to hold the Square reader for people to put their cards into. And so we get asked about that all the time. He's amazing, such a good craftsman, but it holds my iPad in place. And so when people come up like, oh, can I use a card? Yes, they just do that and it's super easy and I don't have to use my phone. And I found out that I sometimes have to use my phone in case of emergency. Like when I didn't have Wi-Fi, I had to get a hotspot and to have my phone readily available while other people are checking out, my husband is like on that point of sale system. It's just one less thing that I had to worry about. So that was really nice. For me, the Square Reader costs $45 on Amazon. And I am Amazon Prime, so I don't have to pay for shipping on anything Amazon. And then the iPad that I got, I got one that was very battery efficient. And I got a case for it as well. And I paid right on uh, right about $320. And I did get that insured. So that's something that's under my business. It's under one of my assets, which that's a whole nother topic for another day. Uh, but it's not for like my personal use. And I use that for business that I put on my business account. By the way, I did establish a business banking account. That is something that you need to have in order to participate in farmer's markets. Obviously, there's going to be money coming in and out, and it has to be separate from your personal banking. And so that was one of the first things that I did was get a, a business checking account. And that was free. For me, I do have to have a uh, $500 in my account at all time or they charge me a $5 transaction fee, which you know your girl isn't going to have $500 in there all the time because I'm paying so much money on startup costs. So I did eat it several months in a row and just paid the $5 every single month. But now, now, actually the last couple months, I didn't have to pay that. Woohoo, so exciting. But that was free and it's nice because they give you your own uh, business banking card and your own PIN number and checks and things like that. So it's really nice and it looks extremely professional. All right. So if I went back to QuickBooks and I looked at how much I've paid this year, so January 2021, all the way up until now, I'm right over the $5,000 mark. And it is a little bit higher than last year's startup costs being because I started to scale and I also had to take into consideration my demand. I started selling in February and I made the executive decision to buy some more fermenters and to buy some more equipment um, that would sell my product faster. And there isn't there isn't like a magic like if you hit this number, you should buy X amount more things. In fact, I probably bought some things a little bit too soon, to be honest. But that's all to say that I feel like I'm growing with the business and I'm trying not to spend a ton of money on stuff if I don't have the money for it. Does that make sense? 
So if you're looking at all of it together, so last year, and again, I'm starting uh, March 2020 all the way up until May 2021, I'm right under that $10,000 mark. And that's how much we've spent, $10,000. Huh. I don't know how you feel about that number. I just ended up finding this number right now. Like I just did all this reports on QuickBooks and like I'm happy about it. And then I'm like, whoa, how did I spend all that money? But again, you're building a business. And so there's a lot of things that come up along the way that are unexpected and some things that just cost a lot more money. So yeah, I wanted to spend this last little bit of the pod explaining where did I get that money and how am I currently paying for all of this business stuff right now? And... I don't know, I I keep saying this in the episode, but it's like, guys, there isn't a right or a wrong way to do it. And if you're thinking about starting your own business, I hope you just go for it. I hope you just try it out. Little action steps. You're not gonna potentially spend $10,000, okay? You might have a different idea and it takes so many different twists and turns. That's just where I'm at right now. You might spend a totally different amount than me. In fact, I know that you would spend a different amount than me because you're a different person. You have a different goal and different dreams and you probably live somewhere totally different than me. But that's all to say that for me and my family, and I have to include my family, so my husband and my cat, although she does not contribute anything to this income, we are together in our finances and we decided to pay for it out of pocket. And we are not extremely rich per se, but at the same time, I know that we are extremely blessed and fortunate to be where we are right now. And so when I say, oh, it's not a lot of money, I realize that that is a lot of money to so many people. And so I want to say this humbly. Um, We come from uh, quite the story, and I think I'll do a separate podcast episode about this. Uh, But a quick summary is that um, we had what many would consider um, American consumer debt. And so So my husband and I, when we got married almost seven years ago now, we had student loan debt, um, we had car loans, we had credit card debt from our wedding, from other things, um, medical bills, we had loans to our family. All of these things put together was quite a bit of money. And we decided to do the Dave Ramsey plan. If you guys are familiar, he's a financial expert and he has basically a set way of getting out of debt. And so for the next five years, we really buckled down on paying off debt, student loans, every single thing. We don't use credit cards anymore. And again, this is just our story. And so again, I just asked you to give me grace on this. And this is just, I I want to share because I'm really happy and proud of where we've come. But I know this isn't everybody's story. You have your own story. I'm so proud of what you're doing right now. And so this past year, we were able to get out of debt completely, which is huge. We moved actually into a little trailer home on the lake and we live tiny. Uh, We try not to spend over uh, what we make and we don't go out too much and like eat out a lot, but we are just trying to be the best stewards of our money. And so that all being said, when I asked Sean, hey, what are your thoughts about me leaving teaching? Initially, we were both really scared. I mean, who isn't? It's very secure. It's a government job. I have insurance and all these benefits, and I get a very nice wage at this point after putting in so much time. But I just knew there was something more for me, and I wanted to explore it, but I knew it would really take a toll on our bank. And so we did set aside a little bit of money. It was only like a couple thousand dollars at the most. And again, I don't want to say that as only a couple thousand dollars, but I'm saying that we didn't take out loans. We didn't take out loans for this. And so when I was buying my fermenters, 
I didn't really have money for four. I started with three because we didn't have money for four. Even getting into a kitchen, we borrowed from what was called our emergency fund. We were starting, it was like a savings account initially. And so if we needed to borrow from that, we did that instead of using a credit card, for example, or like a bank loan. So this whole past year, we've been trying to just squeeze out as much as we can from our jobs. And obviously I left teaching and I had to make an income. And so I DoorDash, I did Uber Eats, basically scrappy as much as I can. And I am bartending, which bartending has been um, really, really helpful to me. I work a lot of weekends and we've had to give up a lot of time together in order to like make this money and make it work. What we decided to do was is any cash tips I receive from the bar that I work at can go towards my business. However, the credit card tips as well as my hourly rate, which is eight bucks an hour, not like crazy, you guys, goes into um, our monthly expenses, like our personal expenses. But if we needed to pull from that, we would talk about it. My husband is a teacher. He's a woodshop teacher. He actually left a job that was making a lot more himself a couple years ago to pursue a career that he felt was just more fulfilling for him. And that was teaching. Isn't it interesting how that happened, by the way? Like he wanted to go into teaching while I wanted to leave. (laughs) I'm really proud of him though. But again, that's all to say that we don't have this like huge stockpile and we're going at it as best as we can month by month. And what's really, really encouraging at this point is that, like I said, in February, we were able to start selling and that has been outstanding. You guys have been so supportive and once farmers markets have started, I am happy to say that we are selling out every week and that is just so cool. And so looking at QuickBooks, I can actually see my sales and we've made close to 4000 dollars in sales starting from February. That's great. I'm so happy about that because now that's going back into the business and it's recycling. A lot of that has to go towards taxes, don't get me wrong, but at the same time we're not having to use as much as our personal income and our personal savings account to put back in the business, but I can grow organically with it because of your support and the sales that I'm making from the business. And honestly, you guys, I just know in my gut that if I continue working at it like this, it's going to continue to go like this. We're moving forward. And yeah, there's a lot of things that I still don't know. And Definitely some more things like yesterday I got in the mail. It said, hey, you owe $275 for a renewal that I have no idea what it is. (laughs) And like I have to contact the sanitarian in town. I'm like, what does this mean? I don't want to owe $275. It's all of this into account with just moving forward and knowing that we're creating a community and we're creating a product that we really believe in. And I'm happy doing it. And I hope that this episode was helpful to you in regards to potentially if you want to start your own business, um, just being transparent and hopefully you kind of see through my eyes what this has looked like. And just if anything, I really hope you just trust yourself and you trust your gut, you trust your instincts and you just are around people who support you moving forward in whatever direction you are moving in. Thank you so much for listening in today. I really, really appreciate it. Again, livingfullkombucha.com or give me an email, livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. I'll try to come at you next week with an episode. I'm really trying, you guys. I am so sorry because it's been over a month and so many people have written in like, hey, I love another episode. Thanks for pushing me forward. I'm going to probably hit record tomorrow so that I can keep consistent. And in the meantime, be well and cheers. Cheers.